Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's time to cast off on a new adventure. This is Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Hello and welcome to Real Adventures from wherever you are listening right around the country. You can follow us on Facebook to join in the conversations on our Real Adventures Facebook page. Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hapgood joining you this morning. The queen of Instagram, Aaron Hapgood. Good morning, mate. Morning, Patrick. Uh, the Instagram hasn't grown much lately. So I'm going to have to lose the reign of the queen soon and down to the princess, I think. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't been looking too good. Now, this is our last it is. episode of... 2019. A few reflections uh, upon the year as the show goes on. We're taking a couple of weeks break, which will be great. So there's a bit of a best of edition that you're going to experience over the next few weeks for Real Adventures. But it's been a great year, mate. It's been a great year. We've got a lot of fish, which is a good thing. Uh, Marlin to big barrel bluefin tuna to lots of whiting, squid, gummy sharks. Some incredible (laughs) fishing up in Cairns. Up in Cairns, yep. Some some lost GTs. What was your highlight of the year fishing this year? Uh, I think the fishing that you and I did at the end of the year, as our uh, phones just go off, with messages flying around. Oh. That was dope. Was Let's just not say it, phones, just say your phone, because mine's phone. on silent, which yours is normally on silent. No, it wasn't. <laughs> Maybe it's a fish sign. Um, <laughs> no, it was heading up to Cairns and chasing, but losing those enormous giant drally that were eating 60 centimetre plus yeah. nanogai. And just full lock on the Talica 8. Gone. All right, yep. let's try it again. Gone. gone. <laughs> and then the sort of uh, the humour of you just taking up the Shimano Stratic 5000 and trying to, to catch him with that. Like, it was, a, it was a very good comedy show. If anyone wants their gear tested out, send it to me. We'll see if we can break it. <laughs> but nah, it's been a good year. I don't know what's wrong. I reckon, what's it, like I said, you've we've caught some incredible yeah, just, tuna. I let's can't. Be- Tuna, Marlin, I can't really, I don't think I can, it's been a great year, and even for the whole Soul Guide crew as well, we've, members, we've, we've caught so many fish, I think that's a good thing that we enjoy as member of, owners of Soul Guide, is how yep. many of our mem- members are actually catching fish now, so we're obviously doing the right thing, talking talking rubbish on the radio show as we do. Is fishing becoming easier as technology oh. improves, <laughs> as like there's obviously Salt Guide. There's a numerous apps now around targeting fish and what yep. to do whilst you're out there. YouTube's massive. Facebook's a killer as well. Tutorials. Facebook is terrible because <laughs> everyone's bragging about where they've been catching fish. That no doubt is increasing uh, catch rates. Yeah, it's spot on. I think fishing. Oh, I speak to the old man and a few other old school people. There's actually a lot of old school people that hate it. Like. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. When I say hate it, like, they hate it. They hate everything to do with technology with fishing, but they still use it. But, yeah, it's they're, definitely... They're still using side, <laughs> side scan. Imaging. Uh, live scope. Yeah, yep, all that stuff. happy with that. They just don't want everything yeah, else that they comes They just don't want it. Facebook. But, no, yeah, no, fishing has gotten easier. And uh, we, spoke, we speak regularly on the show about basically keeping an eye on certain people in certain areas to follow where the fish are biting. And I use it. Everyone uses it. It just helps you to give you a guide because instead of having to look around the whole ocean, 
you're looking in a small area of the bay. For example, when those tuna go at Portland, Portland bait and tackle and the angle, complete angle up there and wild blue that they post up, the barrel got caught out of Portland. So I don't need to go to Apollo Bay or yep. Port Mac. I can pinpoint that one spot. And then when I get there, I've got my uh, rip charts, which I constantly talk about, to pretty much pinpoint me to where the fish are. So it's technology is... The fish got no chance, <laughs> basically. One of the... The massive talking points for 2019 in the fishing industry has no doubt been South Australia and the mm. ban on snapper fishing. Uh, huge ramifications statewide for, for recreational anglers, for commercial anglers and obviously coastal towns. Um, we're going to see that again next year, obviously. Um, does it, and we've spoken about this often, does it dampen your spirits around going over to South Australia and fishing over there? Because there's so many other great species to to, to fish for in SA waters. No, I think you. I, yeah, I don't think it's touched at all in my thoughts because I've had the. I've been and same as yourself. We've both been fortunate enough to fish over there a few times. We're going to touch base on a place called Port Lincoln uh, very soon, and we're going to talk about basically the opportunities of fishing that you have there. So, uh, like it's our dream boating destination. Yeah, dream boating destination yep. that'll be coming up in the. I think it's the next segment, Patrick. It is. <laughs> so we'll talk about a bit more about it there, but no, I don't think it has. I think it's. It's shocking where it's come down to that whole scenario, but Very the Mulloway, the, yep. Mulloway, the big salmon, the uh, big whiting. yellow, even the big whiting right through to your small yellowfin whiting. Amberjacks, like there's, there's you so many great it. species. And those southern bluefin as they come in. Well, I was just about to say, are they, they've just done a, the run has started in South Australia. I've seen during the week on social media that the, the South Australian tuna run has started, which is good to see. Uh, Portland, I haven't heard much of on the tuna front as we come back to on the just over the border a little bit, changing the topic a bit. But there was a few reports from Scotty Gray was getting them a couple of weeks ago, Pat. It probably still is, keeping on the down low a bit, but it's definitely worth heading there because that water temp's come up. I was offshore during the week, 16 and a half. It was only 14 two weeks ago, so it is starting to come up. Well, look at the week up. we just had, a couple of days, 40 plus degrees. So... It doesn't take much. It does take a bit, but once it gets going, it'll keep increasing, and our fishing's only going to get better. Fishing news from around the country. The Territory Government's rolled out its $50 million uh, election promise. It started off with an $8.3 million artificial reef that's almost complete. Yep. Uh, if you want the reef coordinates, and they're all based around that sort of Darwin region between sort of the North Gutter and Lee Point. Um, there's Lee Point, Gutter Central, Dundee Wide, um, and Adelaide River Mouth. More info on that, newsroom.nt.gov.au. It's great to see reinvesting into uh, into marine infrastructure to, to help with uh, with capture Redmond. I don't think it is for Northern Territory because it's that easy to catch a fish up there. Is it? Well, it's it's still, it, it is still tough, though. It, <laughs> it is still tough. It's such a good place. When you're on the fish, it's fantastic. Mm. It's just fine. It can be like a desert, a bit like Cairns. Exactly. You need to have find things like artificial reefs, structure, yep. whether it's a well, – we were fishing an aeroplane out of Cairns. It went down a few little years and years ago. Yep. So putting those structures in, it's a structure in is only going to make it easier for you and I when we go up there to do something, to be able to go, all right, GPS coordinates, we've got a chance of pulling – uh, a coral trout or <laughs> red emperor or something off any artificial anywhere. I'm not just talking about Darwin specifically. I'm talking about anywhere. So any structure you put in is going to help recreational fishermen catch more fish. I've found your uh, your favourite politician, right? Adam Marshall, uh, who's the minister for agriculture, mm-hmm. has announced uh, that, and he's a part of obviously the uh, New South Wales government. Um, has announced that they're opening up new fishing areas in the Batemans Marine Park 
region ahead of school Basis holidays. Bay, right. So obviously as we head into the off-season and, and, and people are away on school holidays and kids looking to go out fishing, uh, they've created um, new fishing zones inside that Batemans Marine Park to allow families to access more fishing areas ahead of the school holidays. And now, um, you know I'm very much an environmentalist. I like to make sure we're looking after yeah, the Yeah, I do too as well. But I think it is a wonderful thing if we're going to continue to, to um, promote getting kids mm-hmm. into fishing, opening up different different places to make it easy for kids and families to access ahead of summer. My question for you is, is this something that other states and territories should potentially look at? I think it needs to be a bit smarter in general on where marine parks are put into play, Pat, because like you said, we both, we, we I, I look after what we have. I, the only fish, people go, oh, you take a lot of fish, but what have I just dropped off to you this morning? I've given you 40 whiting fillets to take home for your yeah, Christmas. A shitload of fish. And that's my bag. That's more, literally, I've given you, that's my bag of fish gone for one day because I give it to you guys to take for Christmas. And what I'm trying to say is I love... Look, Thank, thanks for that, <laughs> I, I can't get you a craze. I've done my back, <laughs> so take the whiting. <laughs> but um, just to be, Kari went to the big market during the week. Hang on. I want to make sure I'm... You could a week... You, I, your back I'll, will get I'll, better. I'll, you give me access to your physios and you pay for it. I'll get it fixed. Your back needs to get better. It'll probably be cheaper to bloody pay for physio than it is for a crayfish because Kari went to the Vic Market during the week. $140 a kilo for Southern Rock Lobster. $140 a kilo. Why do you think I asked the two of them? <laughs> so, but back to what I was saying. We I'd buy myself a Saragossa for that. <laughs> you can. We, um, especially if it's a two kilo one. You, um, back to what I was saying, we both love looking after what we have. So don't think we're against this because we're trying to be selfish here. But marine parks in general, I just can't see the value in them too much. Just purely... That's a ridiculous comment. No, well, but let about... me finish. Okay. Because I, I'm going to talk about Port Phillip Bay's marine parks around the heads. Some of them there, I do not understand why they're there. Or there's nothing really that they're conserving. And I've asked them myself. The environment. Yes, but but why right there? Because underwater is another. But why not? Ecosystem. Why not two kilometres down? Because that's the specific environment. Well, they're trying to look after the parrotfish and wrasse. No, it's because there are so many fishermen like you that hammer it that. It but, was decided that you know let's let's put a marine park and try and re-establish the like you can't just keep raping and pillaging the bottom of the ocean. Yes, no, but what you can do is put them somewhere where I think is valued. What? No, where you can't actually access them as an angler. <laughs> There's so big crayfish at the Point Lonsdale <laughs> Park. No, I'm serious. I reckon it needs to be... I reckon the marine parks need to be done in better areas and to conserve something. Not just a rock and a couple of wrasse that live there. No, they're not doing that. Yes. They're, they're conserving the lobsters and the crayfish that <laughs> put are 400 kilos that you would normally target. I, I could dive eat. there tomorrow and I could, they'd just be looking at me. They'd be walking over my arms and everything. <laughs> There'd be that many there. <laughs> oh, it's... Uh, yeah, I just don't get the marine parks whole thing anyway. Yeah, typical. Uh, Redmond, your week in fishing. My week in fishing this week... You give it to me this week. I think last week you stole it off me. Uh, week, how good was the weather, Pat? Fantastic. Finally, finally. Uh, Been we, great to finish up training. We finished up training on Wednesday. It was 40 degrees. It was absolutely cooking. But then to not have to deal with it yesterday and just enjoy a bit of beach time, a bit of family time was magnificent. I did ask you to come fishing, but you knocked me back. <laughs> no, but it... Uh, not the first time that you've been uh, denied. Anyway, go tw- on. Twice. My uh, uh, week in fishing, back to that, was... It was awesome. <laughs> the big calamari, stonkers... Stonkers, you keep sixty centimeter hoods. Oh, all on the eggs, and they keep producing. I reckon they were late, like the snapper this year. 
uh, because we got them at the start of the year, but not usually we clean up early. That's October, November is just on. The beautiful conditions, obviously, making it easier to see. Yeah, that's um, right. Underwater. Yep. So those that are getting into it for the first time, it's probably a really good time to go out and target them. This, um, even though you might be tempted to go offshore, simply because you can, you can see the eggs and the things that you constantly talk. Yeah, about. Yeah, that's right. And having, and I'm not trying to pump up sponsor whatever I won't even mention them but having a good pair of sunglasses is the key Pat honestly you need those polarised sunnies to be able to see it is a whole world of difference so the calamari were amazing the whiting as I look at my last bags I just gave you they were good this week too uh, the snapper offshore were fantastic the gummies were fantastic I know the boys got crayfish I didn't but they were good too everything's good the kingfish is that related to Back to the temperature of the water. It's I reckon it's related back to the fact that people are actually fishing now because it's been yep. so crap. Usually yep. we've had, this time of the year, we've got a lot of what we've had east winds. Northeast, east. Northeast, southeast. They'll change southeast. We had westerlies 25, 30 knots with four to five metre groundswell for the last two months, Pat. Like, it's been crazy. We just haven't had those easterly winds to bring the warm temperature and allow people to fish like they are. Unfortunately, it's happening... As everyone goes on school holidays, and I don't get my normal month of, <laughs> month on the water by myself, but it's <laughs> everyone's about to make their way down to my end of the world, and holidays will start, and it's going to be very busy on the water. So yep. there was a boat that went down during the week out of Ricketts Point. Yep. Uh, there's a, I think there's a bit more to the story. Other, I won't talk about it too much, but all I just want to say is this summer just be a bit smart traveling on those snapper in those early hours of the morning. Maybe back it off a bit. It's easy to say, and even for me, it's easier to say than do because you want to get to where you're fishing, but. When you hit those areas like Carrum or up at St Kilda where the boat traffic is bad or anywhere you are in the country where you know that people are going to fish, just back it off a bit because all it takes is one person to forget their nav lights or, or uh, didn't put them on or forget uh, to put their anchor light on. It's, it's, it's not hard to make a mistake. Yeah. So just be mindful because this summer, I'm telling you right now, people haven't been out fishing because of the weather. It's going to be mad because people want to get that rush now and it's going to happen for the next six to eight, six to ten weeks, Pat, till mid-January probably. So, look, be careful in the water and catch some fish. We've got a huge episode of Real Adventures coming your way. Get a new line, my God. If you'd like <laughs> to join in the conversation, you can follow us on our Real Adventures Facebook page. We've got a bit of a cricket preview is coming. Cameron White's going to join us. He's the Western Port Angler. He's also going to talk us through the summer of cricket that we've got ahead of us. Plenty more Real Adventures after the break. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for the Social Club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I and you want us to answer it, make sure you send in your questions to Real Adventures on our Facebook page. Our first question at Redmond is from Clinton. Would you buy a centre console fishing from Victoria? I'm in the market for a new boat. Do you want the straight-up answer, Patrick? Yes, I do. No. No. Um, it's just too cold. Yep. Uh, Beautiful if you're going to fish for the next three months from now. Yeah, and even then, early morning, we in Vicky, it's probably freezing some days. And if you get that subtly change in the afternoon, it's not like Queensland, if that makes sense. It's 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 always going to have sort of some sort of breeze here in the afternoon. So if you are an inland fisherman and you're doing casting or even kingfish specifically, certain things because Benny Cunnington loves his he loves his boat. He's got yeah, Yeah. that's allows him to do things that I technically can't do in my big boat I guess with the with the hard with my hard top so he heads out into his inland rivers and or wherever he goes and casts uh 
his soft plastics and his vibes around catching estuary perch, brim, uh, trout. trout, you name it. Yep. So it allows you to do a lot of things, but just for me in general, no, not for what I do. I think it comes down to personal preference. Uh, Patrick, question for you. Michael has asked, best way to catch salmon off the beach? Well, I think it depends on where you're fishing for salmon. Um, fishing sort of my region, Redmond, I can never be bothered to use bait because I just get bored with it. So we only fish if we find fish. Yep. And you can obviously see them in the surf and then we'll throw out metal lures. Sort of those sort of 40 gram, it's not too much heavier than that. Um, but bait fishing on the beach, I'm not a massive fan for. So personally, I just prefer to, to cast metal slugs and sort of wade through the water. I know you do it slightly differently. You're happy to use bait at different stages. Um, and you obviously know far more about fishing than I, but I find it as it's more fun to sort of trudge up and down the the beach and look oh, for no, those I, channels. Off and the then surf, I definitely love doing what you're doing. Yep. Doing the ice, once again, a good pair of sunnies, looking for them in the water and casting your medals out to them. I think yep. there's no, it's, it's great fun when you get a nice two kilo salmon chasing up and down the beach. And They're with great that, fish to fish for. With that salmon, you can then transfer it straight into a gummy bait if you're fishing into dark. <laughs> so I wouldn't be eating it. It's rubbish. <laughs> Bill Carson's, the best way to catch kingfish, Aaron. This is there's no best way to catch kingfish. Pretty broad question. Can I it? say this? They're pricks. <laughs> I think That's the only way I can say it. Uh, when you are targeting these fish, be ready with everything. So I say that every time I go. Oh, no, no, no. I'm yelling at you. <laughs> and I don't catch it. Like, they're just a nightmare to fish for. Like, they're a great fish, but they're a nightmare. Because every time you go out, like, you put so much time, energy, and effort into catching them. Or into trying to catch them. And, you know, rarely do you, do you really have a cracking day out there. Well, you just... Got to be ready. That's the first thing. Because if they do show up, Pat, then you're not ready. And what I mean by that is you want to have... A, well, let's live... Let, little secret I got you involved in. The little uh, bungee casts, Pat. Oh, the, the best things ever invented. Will not use anything. They're, they're expensive, so they're sort of th- around the 30 bucks. Yeah, I think about 30 bucks, 20, 30 bucks, 20, 30 bucks, yeah. yeah but bungee cast. Upgrade the hooks on them to the single trebles. Uh, size 2 or 3.0 is perfect. Just why you do that? Because if you get a big king, it's just going to straighten those trebles out. And not only that, those trebles are very dangerous. It actually works against each other, I believe. So when a big kingfish eats those trebles and throws its head, if it's the bottom trebles, because there's two sets of trebles, yep. the middle ones on the bottom of the fish and the ones at the end. And sometimes if you fight a fish and one's pulling on one side and the other's sort of jammed in, that opens its mouth, it will pull out where those singles will just work together and also easier to get it out of the fish's mouth and you're not going to worry about trying to get it out and then all of a sudden the treble's flying out and hooking you in the hand and having a bit of a mischief going on in your fingers. So for people looking and going, oh, I want the best possible chance to catch them, trebles, more hooks, I'll get more catches, I'll get more hookups. <laughs> Works against you. Yep. Yeah, it's not as good. But just quickly, uh, squid strips are great. Always knife jigs. Live bait, arrow squid, slimy mackerel, yakkers, uh, if you can get liveies, if I go out, I'll always get my live arrows, my live slimies. If possible, separate them in a tank if you can. Bit of Teflon down the middle of your bait tank will separate and make sure the water's flowing even, evenly. Always surface on the top, surface lure up the top and the rod rack's ready to cast and the knife jig's always ready to go, as I mentioned. How many rods would you take out? Uh, yeah, Lino, a lot, speaking, speaking of, all right, actually going out and fishing for them yep. because they can come up at a moment's notice. So, how many would you take out and how would you have them set up? So I have my two squid strips out the side, so adding the rigger arms, and they sort of sit back. So they might be on an eight-ounce uh, lead and then you're just slow trolling them. 
I'm just, and then in between, I might Slow have... Slow trolling being like two to three knots? Two knots in and out of gear, yeah. sometimes yeah. out. If I see him, knock it out of gear, just nice and slow. And what I'd like to do is knock the boat out of gear, let the sink, but I've also got two liveys, one or two liveys in the water, depending on how calm it is, if it's, if it's working, not tangling. Two liveys, slimies, arrow squid, whatever it is, with 10-out sinkers. And then up the top, I'll have... Depending on how many people you're fishing with as well, but yeah. definitely one, one... If there's two of yours, two knife jigs, and also one surface lure. Because when you get the bite... The best thing to do is get another bite. So drop the rod back in, and 90% of the time with kingfish, you're going to have multiple hookups because they are a schooling fish. You get one to bite, they'll all go. So, And you're massive on, um, you know, you definitely want to catch one. Once you've done that, you've got that feeling of boating it. If you can keep it in the water, yeah, yep. it just generates that, the, almost the electricity for those oh, other fish. Exactly right. I had a day I'll never forget. What you've basically just said, I'll harp on that, is... When you get one, it excites them. So leave it hooked in the water just a couple of metres down. If you, if you want to try and get another one hooked, then bring that in and bring it like it's yep. get a bit of emotion going because the fish will just keep following that fish. They just follow. But like I had a day, I promise you, I was at the back of um, Point Lonsdale, back of the heads, and I was anchored up, had a nice surface burly going, and these are all beautiful kingfish swimming around the boat in the water. I could see them everywhere, marking them up, seeing them all through the water. These are 10 to 15 kilo kings. It's a good size fish. Cracking fish, and I tried everything. Jigs, squid strips, live baits, everything. I had them all. I was on anchor, casting everything. And I ended up standing up on the back of the boat. And I had a so one of the balloons popped up because I was playing with the squid. So I was live baiting. And I grabbed the squid and I wound it up. I'm basically trying to hand feed it to these squid. I'm like, eat, come on, just eat. <laughs> and they're just looking at me like, no, just swimming around, looking at inquisitive. And all I did, well, this wasn't deliberate, I cracked the sads, grabbed the rod, and I just sl- slung the uh, the squids hard as I could into the water and believe it or not I was turn around and just it just grabbed it out of the water just from that splash within a split second ate it we had numerous rods out and bang 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 all four rods just went all at once and really? it was crazy and just because one fish went and then all we did was kept them going and we ended up catching as about we got our bag of 15 that day it was three of us so they were 15 quality 10 to 15 kilo kingfish this was years ago about five yep. six years ago and it was just awesome so getting that one to bite is basically, uh, yeah, the, the thing to do. That is the social club. If you've got a question for Aaron or I, make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook page. It's now time for our dream boating destinations. Thanks to Club Marine. Ensure your boat or jet ski with Club Marine. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Ask for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. Our dream boating destination is one of the most iconic fishing places in Australia, Port Lincoln, Aaron. Yeah, and I've done the trek to Port Lincoln, and I won't lie to you, I thought I was there when I wasn't even close. <laughs> I was driving uh, down with the Edencraft crew actually a few years ago, or last year, and it's 15 hours to Port Lincoln. And So for those playing at home, it is uh, a <laughs> city on the Lower Air Peninsula um, in South Australia and situated about 280 kilometres as the crow flies from Adelaide itself. So it's a decent trek because, remember, if you're going to take... How far did you say from Adelaide? Seven hours? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got it well, seven it's, hours it's too. It's two, 280Ks yeah. flight path. Yep. But obviously, if you're driving, she's a fair bit longer than that. So well, it's a decent trek. What I did was, once uh, once you get there, you sort of went... To, oh, you have to correct me on the place. I'm not... Uh, True, sure, but you know how you come around where the water is, where the hot water goes in. What's it called? It, not sure. Yeah, what, as you, what the boiler? as you come, it's just before Adelaide. 
and you come up the you come up around the around the inlet, I guess you could say, and you come up and around, and you're like, oh, cool, everything's here. I'm there. I'm nearly here. You think you're there, and you're not, and you're still seven hours away because it's just you look, just before Adelaide, and uh, and oh, I couldn't believe it when that happened. I'm like ten, they they said it took 15, 16 hours to get here, and we're only done it in nine. And thinking, how the hell's this happened? Put it in the GPS, and we're like, we even we're saying, nah, time difference. Maybe it's a top. What's only half an hour time difference? But anyway, we finally got to the place, and <laughs> we had some of the best fishing I've ever had. We uh, launched at Port Lincoln, and the first thing we did was headed out around Port Lincoln itself, and we were catching 40-centimetre whiting and using them for bait, live bait offshore. So just numerous whiting, big salmon that we were catching. You name it, it went down for Samson live baits. Awesome feeling, awesome fun. So basically, we... um, we headed out into through the area and we fished with Tumby Tom, a very recognised angler. If you Absolutely. into fishing, Tumby Tom. And we fished through there with him and it's great to have him on board because nothing better than a local, Patrick. And we caught these fish and then we pumped out to the islands, Green Island, uh, Greenly Island, Island. And we yep. headed out that way and we caught, oh, there was sharks. There was giant three kilo silver trevally just swimming around the boat in a thousand. That's not even exaggeration. Uh Big kingfish to twenty kilo, as yeah, many huge tuna, sam- obviously. Um, yeah, we got tuna out there as well. Yeah, we got plenty of tuna out there, and the Samson fish. Remember, I told you it was my one fish. Back to watching Paul Worsling as a child, it was the one fish for some reason I just wanted to catch. Didn't care about kingfish. I've caught them before. Yep. I'd never caught one. And we went to this place. I never wanted to catch another one again because there was that many of them. <laughs> before you dropped your knife jig or your live bait, whatever it was down there, you were on in split seconds. And it's an amazing place. I didn't get to do too much. Where'd you stay there? I was about to say, we can't, it was just a holiday village just up the road. It was only about 10 minutes from the ramp. Yep. We also stayed in Tumby Bay too, so we, yep. it was about an hour, and I think it was just over an hour to get to Tumby Bay. But we did one night there, and uh, we, I didn't get to do much on land, so I didn't even get to go to the pub because we, we obviously stayed out there overnight yep. and things. We spent the nights out at the islands a couple of nights, so... Awesome place to fish. I highly recommend it. And for a boating destination, it was obviously got protection through there in the inlets. You've got to know your way around there. But beautiful place to fish. And I uh, yeah, couldn't think much more of it. Port Lincoln, the seafood capital of Australia, is our dream boating destination for today. Club Marine is Australia's leading provider of insurance for boats and jet skis. And now you can win the dream with Club Marine. Club Marine members have the chance to win a share of over $260,000 in prizes, including a Ram 1500 Laramie pickup truck and a Northbank 600C boat and trailer package. Call or search Club Marine to find out more. Eligibility criteria, terms and conditions apply. Call for a PDS to see if this insurance is right for you. New South Wales permit number LTPS 19 slash 33208. On Real Adventures, it's time to get all aboard for Dometic Mobile Living Made Easy. Welcome back to Real Adventures. It's time for All Aboard for Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with the Dometic CIB 26 insulated cooler bag. Our special guest this morning is one of our favourites. He's a Real Adventures regular. It is Cameron White. Morning, Bear. Uh, morning, mate. How are we? Going all right, mate. And uh, just we're going to talk a little bit about cricket at the start before we do get into the fishing. You have made the move down to the Adelaide Strikers. Uh, he's God's left. country. God's country, you reckon, Pat? Well, it, it is, <laughs> but Whitey, you haven't timed it super well given the ban on snapper fishing. <laughs> is that going to f- affect your enjoyment levels off-field? Oh, well, it, it might have, but uh, it's a pretty hectic uh, schedule for the big bash this year, so that's really going to eat into my fishing time. So, yeah, the 
uh, ban or no ban, it's uh, yeah, I don't think there'll be a lot of snapper taken on my behalf over in South Australia this uh, this big bash. Well, let's and speaking of the big bash, let's have a bit of a preview if you'd like. We've, we don't have any other men being able to preview it for us, so you're our real adventures <laughs> correspondent when it comes to cricket. Um, Adelaide have been very successful, obviously. Who do you see as the, the biggest challenges and the best teams uh, this coming Big Bash season? Yeah, obviously, uh, first of all, the strikers are coming off a bit of a leaner year last year, finishing second last, so there's a bit of work to be done in the in the preparation. But, um, yeah, I think uh, we've got a bit of a later start. I think the, the competition starts uh, tonight, so uh, we're not on until Saturday, so we've had a few extra days to nail our preparation, which is good. Um, but in terms of uh, who are the main dangers, I think the Brisbane Heat, they've got some pretty exciting overseas signings. A.B. De Villiers, um, a young player from, from Somerset called Tom Banton. I think he's one to really watch out for, for the viewers. I'm not sure anyone will really know much about him, but he's a pretty... Uh, well, he's been liking... Like, I think he's, people are calling him the new Kevin Peterson. So um, it's a pretty big rap. So, yeah, there's another one to look out for. But, um, yeah, in terms of... Uh, the favourites, probably the Brisbane Heat with obviously you know, Chris Lynn as well thrown into the mix and a couple of other big hitters so I think uh, they're the favourites at this stage You've also got on your side now, uh, I forget his name the spinner, what's his name, the real good spinner You're the worst no, no, hitter yeah. of all time what was his name? Cam hated him <laughs> What was his name? Rashid Khan right, That's the one? Admit, uh, yep. Yeah, that's the one, you're on the, you're on the right uh, Yeah, he's definitely Noted there because uh, I think every time he bowls me over the last couple of weeks, he's got me out. So <laughs> <That's what laughs> I, <was about. laughs> I only have to worry about facing him in the nets now, and he can get me out as many times as he likes there. So, uh, yeah, it's great to have the world's best T20 bowler on your side, no doubt, because I think uh, bowling uh, strength in your lineup is uh, goes a long way to winning matches and therefore obviously getting you into fi- into the final. So, along with uh, Rashid, along with Billy Stanley, who bought me one of the best bean balls you've ever seen in the history of cricket <laughs> last year in the, in the domestic one-day competition. Um, pretty happy to have those two got guys on the, same, on the same team. Isn't that what every batsman says? Oh, you should have seen the delivery. It was just, it was unplayable. Couldn't, couldn't. This one didn't <laughs> bounce, though. Hit him in the hand. The only with this one, it didn't bounce, though. It just went straight to his hand, straight to my head. <laughs> The fixture, Cam, there's been a slight change uh, going into this season. A bit like it, the Cats. <laughs> it's, it's pretty busy. 56 matches to be played in 42 days. Does that have a, an impact on just how you prepare for it? Because you're not a spring chicken anymore. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'd like to think I've prepared pretty well, Pat. Um, one of the things about not playing uh, in a domestic um, team, not playing for Victoria this season, I've been able to um, you know, train and do what I think, you know, what I can do and um, and get myself right for the for the tournament. So yeah, it's been all on my terms. So hopefully, what I've done um, will be good enough to get me through um, uninjured, I guess you could say. But um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I think that all the feedback last year was, you know, from uh, people watching, players, commentators, the like, but the tournament was was far too drawn out. So this year, it's probably gone a bit a bit the other way. It looks uh, a pretty hectic schedule. Probably, especially if you are a bowler, you'd be sort of flying and flying pretty much every every second day with a, with a few backups there, back-to-back games as well. So, yeah, it's a tough schedule, but I think um, it's probably the right one as well. As you said there, I think the game, the tournament's done and dusted in 42 days. Before we talk fishing now, Pat, I'm just going to chuck in his homework for the past six weeks has been sitting at Serrano Pub drinking beer like you reckon all cricketers do anyway, so... No, I... What, he's a professional. You can't <laughs> play as long as he has and be as successful as you have without, you know, preparing for it. But it is... It's a seriously jam-packed Schedule. So backing up, it's not 
um, week well, the after only thing week. Has changed, it, it's it's two games. The in, only thing in, has changed is the balcony difference. He's now in the Adelaide uh, pub, so that's the only thing strange <laughs> again. It's a pretty. I must, I must admit, I'm looking forward to batting on the Adelaide Oval as opposed <laughs> to batting at Marvel. That, that's one bonus. That's another bonus about um, playing over in Adelaide this year. So yeah, but it is definitely. I think last year we had some breaks of four or five days when we had no cricket. I think I one of my biggest breaks is uh, fly back into Melbourne on Boxing Day, have have a Christmas with the family on Christmas Day, and then and shoot off again on the 26th. So that's what's that day and day and a, day and a half or day and three quarters, and then. I think I might have another two or three day break for the whole tournament, and then that's it. So it'll be pretty busy. Is that just coming back to your comment around Adelaide Oval? That's obviously a, a significant cherry. It's so much history at that oval, um, and just the feeling that you get when you do walk onto it. It is different to any other stadium around the country. You've got the hill there; it's magnificent compared to playing it at Marvel, which is more Spartan and industrial in its setup. It will be special to have that as a home deck, no doubt. Yeah, for sure. And to go with that, they, you know, all bar maybe one game. I think last season they they sold the place out, so it's a it's a pretty uh, formidable stadium for you know for oppositions to come and play because you know the strikers stand to turn out for. So yeah, that along with a good wicket and a great you know since the renovations now a great uh, stadium. It's, it's a very nice place to to play, as you know, Pat. I know you attempted to chuck the eating craft on the back and tow it over. <laughs> uh, there's a few days. Uh, you are going to have a couple of days, hopefully, to have a fish. Uh, snapper, you obviously can't do. What would you be considering to target if you can get out weather-dependent? Uh, probably just some of my favourites, Aaron. You know how, how I, I would be thinking. So, yeah, I'm just trying to work out if I can find a day some here or there, maybe even only a very short Rex Airlines flight over to uh, Port Lincoln. Might <laughs> be fish kicking around or something there that can, you know. Uh, tickle my fancy, so we'll see what happens. Might be putting the uh, Stabie on the back of the truck and driving down and picking him up and going to Port Lincoln, I reckon, for three days. That's just why the community work is just so important. <laughs> just heading out to Lincoln, seeing the kids, spreading the good word of cricket, and then yep. sneaking just... out to the islands and catching 20-plus kilo kingfish. Exactly. I'm definitely be chasing those. Exactly. You haven't missed out much back here, uh, Cam, because the snapper season didn't really kick off. You and I, this time last year, I think we'll, well, we were on... We'll, we were catching snapper after snapper. You got out a few times in the past couple of months, though, on whiting, gummies, you name it, you pretty much caught it. Yeah, as you said there, and as we've been chatting uh, over the last couple of weeks, the water is still pretty cold in Melbourne, so yeah, that's probably affected the, the snapper bite, especially it seems in, um, in Port Phillip Bay. West of Port seems reading the reports that the snapper have gone pretty well as there. But, um, yeah, so when the weather is allowed, when it wasn't blowing 50 knots before, before, when I, before I left, um, yeah, it was... I think the gummies have been pretty good, especially through that sort of September, you know, October, November sort of period. So, yeah, that was sort of uh, my main focus, I guess you could say, chucking in the odd whiting trip as well. So, yeah, I thought the gummies have been pretty good. Doesn't miss out. Cam, thanks for joining us this morning on Real Adventures and going through a bit of a Big Bash forecast for the season ahead. Good luck with it, joining the Adelaide Strikers, of course. It's going to be an absolute jam-packed summer of cricket. And you can obviously catch it right throughout SEN as well, Redmond. Thanks for joining us, Bear. No worries, boys. Thank you. See you, Camp. That was All Aboard. Thanks to Dometic. Keep food and drinks chilled with the Dometic CIB 26 insulated cooler bag. It's now time for Red's review. And Patrick, I'm being kind enough today today to pass it over to yourself because I had nothing to do. So it's up to you. <laughs> yeah, you're so organised this morning. Well, heading into Christmas, I've got a great present out there. Uh, for anyone who hasn't sort of got dad or their husband or their boyfriend, and you've got to love them a bit because they're about five hundred bucks. They're four ninety nine, 
at most stores. Uh, but if you do love your partner or that special friend, uh, Ryobi have a 36-volt pressure washer kit, which I'm a bit obsessed by at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, because one of the biggest challenges that we have when, obviously, we go out and fish different locations, you come back to the boat ramp, you've got your your water there, but yep. the pressure that you get from those places won't necessarily you know, work away and wash that salt off. And for someone like you who spent 10 hours on the water in 30-degree weather, and it's just been baking the salt. You need something with decent pressure to be able to work it off. So the beauty of the Ryobi is it's a battery-powered uh, pressure washer. So you Ooh, can it's take different it, to the one that I've got at home. You, okay. can, you can take it wherever you like. So you don't have to plug it into anything. You can take it to the ramp if it's got water access. Yep, so you just you need do, a hose. All you do is attach it with that. The hose is, uh, I think it's 7.6 metres long. Oh, yeah. Um, so it means you can you can go right around your boat. Um, it's obviously more efficient with the way that it cleans your your boat compared to just using your, your normal hose. Just pass me your phone for a sec. So I'm just going to put a reminder in there to what I want for Christmas. Just, so, just in here. <laughs> so the versatility is brilliant. So the difference I find straight away it's it's battery powered. So you can take it to the ramp, clean your boat because what you and I both do, we both go to the car wash. Yeah. So you spend fifteen bucks. Tap your card, fifteen bucks. Yeah, fifteen bucks on on cleaning your boat. Whereas you, I reckon you'd just about pay for this in two weeks. <laughs> well, you pr- I probably do because I definitely do. But go, like you said, the pressure is the killer because that squid that dries in the sun on the side of the on the stabby on the grippy bits, it's uh, I, I can't get it off. You have to, you need to hit it. And the money saving today is a little bit uh, money saver show because in it's Reg Tips a good one too, Patrick coming up soon. I worked that. on that, but yeah, it's it's definitely a money saver, and you will pay it off in the time. So. Yeah, so it's I mean it's expensive. So how much is I, it? I've got it listed here from Bunnings for uh, four ninety nine. Um, it also does have an onboard water bladder for hoseless use if needed. Now it's not a huge water bladder clearly, um, but it's big enough if you if you just want to give it a quick spray down because it's really quite efficient with its water use. So if you want more info on that, ryobi.com.au for more info. I've seen them at Bunnings. I've seen them at. Um, might attend. So there's different places around there. A place that I've never been before because I've never done work in my life. <laughs> Reg, Reg Review, Ryobi's 36-volt pressure washer kit. You're listening to Real Adventures with Patrick Dangerfield and Aaron Hadgood. It's time for Red's tip for new age caravans designed for the road ahead. Redmond. Patrick, this is a good one. I know, I love this tip. We were talking about it uh, pre-show. Yep. And we were talking about different ideas and tips that people have sort of... Because people will send in different ideas around tips. And um, if you want to send in your tips that you've got at home that you think people would really it won't find, be better than this one, find interesting, one. make sure you send it into our Real Adventures Facebook page. But your tip for the weekend's a cracker. Well, what don't I put on fish ever, Pat? Ice. My wa- you w- hate w- it. Water. Oh, fresh water. Yeah, ice. Well, fresh water. Ice water yeah. You can buy salted ice, which is great. Yep. But what you just said, ice, ninety percent of the time is fresh water, and what a and lot when of it comes to cooking it. Our good mate Sammy Goodwin, yep. who loves, he comes on the show often. He's a actually have dinner with him tonight. Brilliant chef. He's cooking. It's one of the things that really can ruin the flavour of your fish. Yeah, it just can ruin the fl- flesh in general. And so what I what I like to do, I can't tell you actually the tip yet. I'm going to save it for a bit. But what I try and do is keep the fish 
off the ice as much as possible if you do have ice. So how I like to do that is usually ice slurry. So you fill your whole thing up with salt water and then you throw your fish in the ice melts and it makes your water really cold. It does work. But something I've come up with, well, not me, I can't claim it. Robbie Robbie got me under this, good mate of mine. But he basically, we just freeze, and a lot of people do it, we freeze bottles. Perfect. So you finish your milk at home, your two or three litre milk, Fill it up with fresh water, put it in your deep freeze where you put your bait. And I do that for everything that I have. I've got about 30 of these blocks. And what happens is you put your fish in. I use the mad, the mad fish chiller bait. You can't beat them. They're yeah, just crackers. cold. Yeah. Uh, they keep everything cold. So insulated, everything. So I throw them the fish in there and I just put the water. And then this is the good part that goes with it. You, you throw them in with the salt water and it's just super, super cold water. But what doesn't happen as well is what happens if when, once you're done, so for example, you and I go whiting fishing and before we scale the whiting, we throw the fish in the bag as we're going and then you've got your water in there with your ice block, with your ice, if you're using ice, that water then goes to rubbish because you've got to tip, it's got all the slime in it. It's all that whole water. So you've got to tip it out and there goes two bags of ice. You, a lot of people don't take them out. Oh crap, let's leave the fish in water on the way home, which the water out of the bay is probably 20 degrees it's sitting in. It's not good enough. So what I do is those milk cartons or whatever I'm using, orange juice bottles, they obviously stay frozen still because they're so solid. They last such a period of time. I then take the fish out to scale them, get rid of that crappy water, that cold water, grab a couple more out of the Dometic and then basically throw the uh, throw the throw the fish back on there and you don't have any slime at whatsoever on on your fish and it, they're going to be super cold in seconds after you scale them again when you put that fresh water so it works really really well and it takes two seconds to do and not only that 10 bucks pat every time you go out for three bags of ice right adds up so it adds up and it's going to save you a fair bit of money that was red's tip for new age caravans take your caravan experience to the next level New Age Caravans designed for the road ahead. It's time for the flying gaff to finish this off. And Redmond, I, I, I'm I, a big fan of uh, eating fish. I love it. It's fantastic. Yeah, I know. Um, but <laughs> I saw, uh, uh, bought some fish the other day, some barramundi. Um, was craving it. Couldn't go to the fish manga, so I couldn't get it super fresh. But what I did was I went and got it from the supermarket. And it was a John West uh, barramundi. Now, I would have thought... The best. Well, I'll, that's what it supposedly is endures the worst to bring you the best. But this was barramundi that was, upon closer inspection, uh, it was from Thailand. It had actually been a barramundi that had been uh, fished from Thailand. Actually, no, it was Vietnam. It was Vietnam. So I was eating a barramundi in Australian Australian fish Mm. uh, that had been farmed in Vietnam, then shipped to Australia for us to consume. And it just got me thinking... Why it's so important? To That's go, crap. Go to your local fish mm. shops and support local. So industry. where did you buy it from? I think it was from Coles. Yeah, so from a super major supermarket. Major supermarket, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you go there, support your local dudes. Absolutely, support your your local fishmongers because you'll get something fresh. You'll get something from Australia that's, that's you know putting jobs back into the Australian economy versus buying something that was, you know, you think barramundi, you think Australian. Well, this no, this was and let's this be honest, farmed overseas. How fresh is that going to be? It's farmed overseas. It's frozen. It's oh, like you don't know what you actually don't know. Sent it, back it could, over. It could be you don't even know what you're eating. It could be catfish. <laughs> <laughs> what you reckon it's catfish? I don't know. 
support so the, supporting the Australian fishing industry I think is incredibly important especially yes. a local Australian fishing industry Redmond uh, it's time to wrap the show up this has been Real Adventures for 2019 a couple of weeks off for us it's going to be a best of edition we had a couple of weeks to go fishing and we'll see you in 2020